Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. In the years after the Overtown riots, leaders in the community spent long hours talking about the changes they wanted to see around them. The Miami founders of the organization Urgent Inc. took the next step. Urgent started programs to address the issues children in Overtown were experiencing. Its hope was to transform the community through the arts and technology. That was nearly 30 years ago. Now Urgent is one of the leading cultural enrichment organizations in Miami. The nonprofit teaches children about the many ways arts and technology can empower them to improve their lives and their community. The organization prepares kids for careers in media, film, TV, digital art, radio. They connect kids with internships, apprenticeships, and help them get into college. We've had kids from the program report stories that have aired right here on WLRN. Next week, Urgent is putting on its 8th annual Youth Film Festival, where some of this local talent shines. Celia Nelson is the CEO of Urgent. Her husband co-founded the organization 29 years ago. She helped it grow from an after-school program into the important community organization it is today. Celia, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Carlos. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I think it's great. It's a great opportunity to talk about uh, the work you guys are doing and, and the fact that it started as an after-school and like a summer program it like fits right into like where we are right now, right? Absolutely. And before we even began after school programs, mm -hmm. we actually had a show called Urgent Mainline that was on WLRN's cable tap at the time. So this is going way back. Um, in the late 90s. A TV show on, on the TV side. Yeah, absolutely. And so that sunsetted around 2000 when we started the after school programs. And it's interesting that now we've gone full circle. We're back doing media. And back in the building, right? And back in the building, absolutely. Your husband, who's the co-founder, was the, did he host that show? Or Yeah, my husband is the founder, one of the founders of Urgent Inc. And he was the host. And uh, he would have, you know, elected officials, um, grassroots organizers, uh, business folks come together on the show to talk about, you know, what was happening in Miami's urban core and what were some of the solutions, you know, to help solve some of the problems. Right. And, that, and that's at the root of, of this organization, of Virgin Absolute, Inc. Absolutely. Right. And so... When I came on board in 2000 as a volunteer, I was like, well, we have to get the young people engaged. Mm. We just can't talk about what's going on. What can we also do in the community? And so I uh, met some great people over at Booker T. Washington Senior High School. Oh, that's right. One of the it OG had, schools here. Yes. Mm -hmm. It had just transformed back to a high school from being a middle school, junior high. Mm -hmm. And um, it was established as a community school at the time and I was able to meet uh, the current uh, VP of the community school who invited me in you know I was telling her what I wanted to do with an after-school girls program tell me about that program so that original program was an after-school girls program and what did yeah. you want to do with that yeah so it was a rites of passage program for girls and rites of passage in um, some of the African traditions is a process where young people are mentored and coached and guided as they transition from 
children to young adults. Oh, awesome. And so um, we did life skills. We did exposure, of course, field trips, um, having those important conversations as, as young women um, transitioning to their adulthood. And so that started right there at Booker T. Washington High School um, after school. And with the help of the Women's Fund of Miami, gave us our first seed grant to get that program going, $2,500. Ooh, that's not nothing. Yeah, and um, that was the first grant. I didn't know what I was doing in terms of grant writing at the time, but uh, they trusted that um, I was going to be a good shepherd of that seed money and see what I could do, you know, to help young people in the community at the time. So that's one of the areas that you uh, you guys identified early on was like, uh, tell me about that, about that, that decision, because there's so many areas and the program now really focuses on arts and technology and how they work together. But that idea must have come from the community discussions, right? This idea. Yeah. So what was going on around uh, that time in the early 2000s, um, there were a lot of recent reports that had come out that girls were um, being overly represented in the juvenile justice system at the time. Mm. And they were like, what is this uptick of girls getting engaged in the the juvenile justice system? And so I was like, let's see what we can do about that, right? I had, in high school, I had been part of a rites of passage program with a group of community elders um, Where did when you go I to high, high school? school. I went to high school in San Diego. Okay. California. Left coast, okay. <laughs> you bring some of that left coast personality. I like it. And um, that was a great experience for me. In what ways? Like, what did that? What did you get from that program that you wanted then to, to pass on to girls here in Miami? Yeah, so that program really helped build not only my confidence in the young woman that I was becoming, but it was also an opportunity to meet so many other women who cared about what you wanted to do in life, how they could help you, um, the mentoring aspect of that, uh, the exposure to different um, young people who were my peers all going through the same um, process, Mm -hmm. right? And that was just a very empowering experience, one that I took with me. And I said, well, let me see if I can recreate that. Right here. And uh, my mom, ironically, was one of the organizers uh, in San Diego of the Rites of Passage experience. Oh, so you guys had, she had deep roots with that. There was some history, yes. (laughs) Um, You know, helping galvanize, you know, women in the community who really wanted to take um, some high school youngsters under their wing you know you sound like you were very inspired by your mom tell, tell us about it a little bit how did she come to do that and tell us about her a little bit yeah well my mom is a very inspiring person for anyone who knows my mom emily gunter you know she has her own fan club <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> i've been picturing little little pennants you know what i mean like, look you, when i post a picture club. on facebook with my mom she and you know always gets more likes than i do by myself <laughs> so <laughs> Um, But no, my mom was actually, her profession was engineering. She was a civil engineer. And she was one of the first black women to work in the Bell companies um, as an engineer. Wow. And um, she retired when I was in high school and she decided she wanted to pursue her passion, which was also helping young people. And she linked up with an organization called African American Women on Tour 
and they would go around the p- country and put on these conferences for um, women, you know, empowerment sessions. But as part of that conference, there was a rites of passage experience for mm-hmm. young girls. So not only could the professional women come to the conference, but they could bring their daughters. And so she was responsible for creating that experience with the daughters of the women in the conference. And they would go through a three-day empowerment retreat um, with her. And so she was, of course, the inspiration. She was like, well, if you can do that for three days, how can we make that a year-round experience? Wow. And so we, um, I said, hey, we need a curriculum. You got to send it to me. She was all in my mind. I said, you got to write it down. So this was in San Diego or here when you were already. This is when I was here. And um, so she wrote the curriculum and we were able to get it going. And so she would come in and help facilitate some sessions when I was first getting started here. You know, I see the connection now, you know, uh, with your mom being in tech, you know, being Mm -hmm. an engineer and the program that you are part of now, the CEO of which is, you know, obviously using the arts, you know, that certainly that that women's empowerment the the the, trans, the teaching girls the art the art of becoming <laughs> of becoming full fledged adults that plus the tech being so foundational to what you're doing um, with Urgent Ink. So the one thing you know that I say about Urgent Ink is that we are responsive to what's happening in the community at the time. Mm. So did we start out with arts and culture? No, we didn't. We started out with uh, a foundation of positive youth development and wanting to help young people develop, All right, build like, skills. Let's get let's get some good influences in kids' lives in general. Exactly, mm-hmm. um, and that's my expertise in terms of uh, background education and um, my experience. And so that's what I was able to bring to the table to help with the the research aspect mm-hmm. of that. And then um, about wow, about ten years ago, in about 2010 2012 we went through a strategic planning process and updated our mission mm-hmm. you know to be more forward around what we wanted to do around social change with young people and creating experiences that help cultivate their confidence and their abilities and their skills to say you know I have what I need to be a change maker in my own life but also extend that into their community and the presence in their community. And one of the things that I espouse is when a young person finds their confidence, then they automatically are a change maker. Right. So it's this it's this two-part thing, right, where you teach kids to kind of believe in themselves and give them the opportunity to do things, but then you also teach them skills that are actually you can, then you can physically make changes in your community. Yeah, the skill development hand in hand with the personal development and then the exposure, the opportunity, the mentoring, the uh, the coaching. You know, one of the things about a coach, right? A coach sees something in you that you don't yet see in yourself. And mm. they help you see the vision as well. Right, kind of identifying their strengths. And, and and so much of what Urgent does is the idea of STEAM being at the center. So like science, technology, engineering, arts, and math all kind of built together, right? Yeah, we're in the STEAM boat. Okay, um, <laughs> I like that. Oh, I like that it. was good, right? <laughs> I like it, I like it. Um, 
but our focus in that um, framework is the creative technologies. Um, so it's the, the intersection of arts, technology, and putting those two things together and what you can create. So not only being a consumer, but also how you can be a content creator. Awesome. Our guest today is Celia Nelson. She's the CEO of Urgent Inc. It's a nonprofit organization based in Overtown that's hosting their annual youth film festival next week. So the, again, this when we talk about film and uh, you know the arts and tech, like film is perfectly at the center of that. Absolutely. And I, I got to say, I saw some of the films from your from the last festival, and oh. they and they're fantastic. Like they really, the production value is 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 there a hundred percent, and it varies from like earnest, heartfelt storytelling to like really artsy, kind of abstract um, film, you know, filmmaking. Absolutely. So that that must be pretty uh, interesting for you to see to see uh, your kids develop that that vision, right? Yeah, and so. We have our film, arts, culture, entrepreneurship program, which is a year-round internship for high school students. And we also just established our media, arts, and creative technologies pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeship program. And that's the pipeline that we have introducing young people to creative careers. And our focus is on film, uh, photography, graphic design, animation. And these are like kids who, who might be going to school at Booker T or any, any regular high school kids, and this is like an additional program that they can do. Absolutely. So young people can um, access our program in a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. One, um, of course, we have a strong presence on Instagram where the young people are, so they can find out about us on that. Give us the gram. What's the, what's the uh, handle? Urgent Inc. Urgent Inc. That's so easy. U R G E N T I N C. We're right there on Instagram. Are you guys on Threads yet? Is that the next thing? N no, <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up. If the young people go there, we'll follow. But right, right but right now we're we are we're on IG right now, and so um, they can learn about us at their at their schools, mm -hmm. and um, we are partners with uh, Dade Schools, the summer youth internship program for the summer internships. Um, and the, then we're funded by the Children's Trust, which helps fund the internships uh, year-round. We do love the Children's Trust, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. They uh, generously fund us, so we appreciate them, as always. And so give me some success stories, right? Like, what are the things, that, since you started this program, um, that you look back on and you say, these are moments that I'm really proud of, you know, seeing this? Well, look, I'm going to tell you something that's happening right now, Let's which is it. so exciting. Um, and this is how much our film program has grown under the directorship of Joey Ashley, our film director. And um, we have been selected as a creative agency for NBC Universal Creative Impact Lab. Wow. And what that means is they were very um, interested in supporting our apprenticeship program because they have mm -hmm. a mission of helping the pipeline um, to develop media professionals. And so we were selected as the Miami agency in this uh, quarter to produce a commercial for another nonprofit that they partner with. And so we have had, um, we have about 10 um, 
apprentice and interns working on the project currently. And what's so exciting? That is really exciting. So look, give me look, the ages of some This of those is our th- biggest client, yes. Yeah, so we, we are so <laughs> excited about it. Uh, we're producing a 30-second spot, a 90-second spot. Um, and those will air where? Like uh, local? Or? Well, we don't know. So this is All the right. thing. When we finish it, we have a deadline, right, of July 30th to get it to NBC. Um they will look at it and we're pretty confident and they're going to say, oh, we want to make sure that this gets streamed somewhere on. They have so many platforms, Mm -hmm. um, but it's that 30 second spot that opens up some opportunities. So we hope that in the next couple of months, we're going to know like when it's going to air. Can you shout out some of the kids that were in that that helped produce it? Like give me their ages. I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. So first I'll shout out um, DeAndre Marshall, who was the apprentice director on the project. Is he a teenager? No, he's a a college student at Mm -hmm. uh, Miami-Dade College North Campus. He's studying uh, film over there in the School of uh, Entertainment and Design Technology. And you you guys have a connection with Miami-Dade College North? Yeah, they're hosting our film festival next year. I mean, next week. And they um, are great partners this year. And I want to thank Barry, who's the chair of the department. He's been an exceptional uh, champion of the festival on campus. I also want to shout out the producer uh, apprentice, Mandy St. Simon, who's also uh, a college student. Now, he is studying, actually, computer science, but he has a passion for film, too. Oh, nice. You know, the thing with young people today is they don't put themselves in one box. Right. You know, they they build box, 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 you know. And so they put a lot of boxes together to create. The a, hashtag brand. Exactly. Make your brand. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so uh, they're doing, uh, they've done an exceptional job, you know, directing their peers, getting them together under the leadership of um, Joey, their their lead mentor and trainer. Have you seen some of the films that are going to be? Look, I just saw, um, I just saw the, the rough cut of okay. the commercial. Very excited right. about it. Um, now, with regards to the films mm-hmm. that are going to be uh, at the festival, I did have an opportunity to watch several of them that were that made it from our group of young people. Mm-hmm. So the film festival accepts films from young people age 24 from all over the world, actually. Okay. Okay. And our kids um, have to compete with their peers across the world to get their um, films into the festival as well. Oh wow! Okay, so they they're competing with a really an international group, which also means that their stuff is seen by an international group. Absolutely, because not only do we screen them live at the festival, but we do it simultaneously on YouTube Live as well. So for those folks that have entered internationally, they can also see their films being screened at the same time. That's exciting. Yes. You know, um, we've we're familiar with Urgent Inc.'s work because we've had radio pieces produced by some of your some of the kids in your program yes here on WLRN um, and their stories ranged from you know why school lunch is gross to <laughs> how gentrification is changing their neighborhood of yeah. Overtown as a matter of fact um, we have a clip from one of ours that just made us smile and also we couldn't believe the production value um, and I'd love to play a little piece of it great If you attend Miami-Dade schools, I bet you're familiar with this sound. It's the cash register the lunch lady checks you out with. Every day in the car after school, my brother, my dad, and I talk about lunch. But it's summertime, so we're talking in our kitchen. 
This is my little brother Andrew. Well, there would be like these mashed potatoes with it looks like um mustard on them, and sometimes there's even there's broccoli's really soaky though. Andrew's going into sixth grade. They just put like a boom in vegetables. Like if vegetables were like a hundred percent bad, vegetables for school lunch would be a thousand percent bad. Next is my dad, Marlon Gregg. He's a kindergarten teacher, so sometimes he eats school lunch too. I don't like the broccoli either, but a lot of food is being thrown away. It's the quality or the taste of the vegetables that I think uh, a lot of the people don't like. Plus, kids just don't like vegetables in the first place. That was young reporter Rachel Gregg uh, reporting uh, her story, uh, why, you know, why School Lunch is Gross, <laughs> uh, which was done in uh, 2016 or 2017, 2016, I think. Um, and, I, and that's like a perfect example of the kind of training that, that you want to prepare kids for at Part of Urgent Inc., right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's having great partners um, that are in the industry that add to, like you were saying, the production value. Um, so they know what it takes to produce a good story. And whether that be on radio or film or a fantastic photo through photography, it's really having those industry professionals that have a passion to share their expertise with young people that we count on at Urgent Inc. to really help them ignite um, that that skill, that um, passion for quality. Kindle that passion, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we have an exceptional number of uh, mentors that come in to facilitate learning sessions with the young people. Uh, we should say our guest today is Celia Nelson. She's the CEO of Urgent Inc. It's a nonprofit that teaches children about the many ways that art and tech uh, can empower them uh, to improve their lives and their community. You talked about passion. Who ignited that passion for you? Wow, that's a great question. Or who are some of the people <laughs> that ignited that passion in you? Because it's always been about youth education for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. Um, if I think back, right, um, one of my first leadership experiences was back in high school when I was elected to lead my high school drill team. Okay. And um, what happened during that first year is they had budget cuts and we were going to lose our advisor, the teaching advisor. And so the principal wanted to cut the program. They said, well, you, you can't do your program if you don't have an advisor. And I wow. said, well, I will take over the responsibilities of what the teacher was doing. So that meant like ordering the buses, getting the uniforms together. Um, and you were how old? Wow, this was 10th grade. Yeah, I was a sophomore. Wow, so like 15, 16 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, that was because I was excited to be on the team. And I was like, we worked too hard. I had just got elected captain. This is not, this ship is not going down, right? But not everybody st stepped up to do that job. There was, I mean, you had, you had mentorship in your life. Your mom sounds like she was a huge Yeah, part. well, you know, of course I came home fiery after school and they told me this and I told my mom, she was like, oh, no way. What do you need from me? You know, nice. and so, um, you know, let them know that I'm here to support you in this effort. And so um, we went and we had a meeting with the principal and he said, OK, we'll try it out on trial basis and let's see how it goes. How, I mean, looking back, that mentorship, right, that was so crucial for you. And that mentorship started in your own home. Yeah. So talk to me about kind of creating that kind of atmosphere uh, in the in the community, something that you guys 
absolutely. Yeah, that urgent. And, and was that's like that, at that coach. Court, that's right? that champion. Mm-hmm. You know, that adult in your corner, um, whether it be a parent, um, a staff person, another mentor. It just needs to be one person that um, supports. Takes an interest. Takes an interest and supports it and, and shows that they care and will back you up. And one of my mantras is that I like to champion to get young people in places, spaces that they wouldn't be able to get to by themselves. And so how can we create opportunities for that to happen? Tell me about some of the times where you've seen that in this program where you have kids come in because I imagine there's sometimes where there's a parent who's prescient enough to say I want to get my kid into a program you know because I'm working because I you know whatever it is that they see a passion in them but the kid kind of comes in with looking for that kind of mentor someone outside their home to give them that mentorship have there been moments like that that really spark look it's funny that you asked that question because just yesterday I was at um, a reception for another community organization that I'm a part of and um uh, a woman comes up to me and says, Celia, I'm so happy that I'm finally getting to meet you. And I was like, okay, why? <laughs> um, she goes, I just had to share this story with you. My nephew was an intern with you last summer. Hmm. And I made him sign up for this program. And he fought me tooth and nail. He's like, I don't want to go. I'm not interested. Blah, blah, blah. Like, Uh, You know, he was just not a happy camper. Um, He finished that eight weeks a changed young man. I don't know who emerged. He saw the possibility for himself and his life in a totally new way. He made his mom buy him a camera. He never puts the camera down. He he says, this can take me places. You know, he's getting ready, you know, to apply to college. And he didn't care anything about any of that beforehand. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you for sharing that question. You know, because sometimes when I'm stuck in my office, I don't know what's happening. You know, I'm trying to make sure I I keep the money going. I keep Mm -hmm. the kids paid. You know, the lights stay on and all of that. And I don't get an opportunity to hear a lot of those stories sometimes. But to have her just really share that with me just keeps me motivated because sometimes it can be um, just hard to convince folks that the arts are important. And matter of fact, um, the Wallace Foundation just came out with a great report. I said, thank you very much. Um, Talking about the power that arts have in communities, especially in areas with low access. and the, having access to the arts really helps young people open their minds um, to things that are not possible. When we think about art, it's about creating what doesn't exist. It's all about that transformative process and to see how you, your input, your efforts create something tangible that other people appreciate. And that is a testament to the power of the arts because it's not only transforming something into something physical, but it also is transformative in the mind. And we often forget about the power of creativity and how do we articulate that 
in the space when we're all fighting for the same money, right? Like, oh, the arts is not serious. You know, we need to do the A, Bs, and Cs. But if you don't have a young person that is excited about who they are, what they're able to do. Who they are. Who they are, right? Then you don't have much to work with, right? Because there has to be that motivation. You have to tap into that interest. And the arts allow for young people to express who they are, how they see things, different than other forms. And so that's why I say it's so powerful when young people see their films on screen to see the reactions that the audience has to their work, right? And then they say, you know, I did that. I was a part of the team that created this reaction, and that's transformative. Our guest today is Celia Nelson. She's the CEO of Urgent Inc. It's a nonprofit organization based in Overtown that's hosting their annual youth film festival. It teaches children about the many ways that arts and technology can empower them to improve their lives and their community. And we were talking just about how much kids seeing the creation of their own art can tell them so much about themselves, right? Absolutely. And then something else happens, right? Like you grew up in a community and maybe you wanted, what your hope was, was change things around you because originally the, the community, the organization comes about because you wanted to see change, not just in the individuals, but then the individuals change in the community. Talk to me about what you've seen there. Yeah, so when I think about change happening in the community, uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what that looks like from the human resource element, right? Because oftentimes we consider transformative change in the built environment. That's very easy to see. A building here, a community center there, what have you. Exactly. Um, And so, but what happens if the human resource in the community doesn't have transformative experiences, how are they integrating into the new environment that's surrounding them? Mm -hmm. Do they see themselves fitting into that environment, contributing to that environment, helping it uh, grow, right? And so one of the things that I pride myself about Urgent Inc. is that we make sure that our programs don't remain in the classroom. Mm. We take learning outside of our building all of the time. We help young people see themselves as active contributors to their community. And so what does that look like? So we'll have um, our media production team go out, cover community events, interview important folks in the community, put together reels to highlight um, what's happening in their communities. And... That is transformative because how does that happen? Perception. Perception is so powerful. When you see young people going about the business of their craft, being professional, um, being um, proactive, having that skill in spaces where they're normally not at, people have to take a second glance. They're like, okay, who are these young people and what, you know, what what's happening? Doing? Right. right. That curiosity, they want to learn more about Urgent Inc. and what's happening. Like, how do these people get here? What are they doing? Where can I see their work? And that is so powerful. That perception is community change. That um, integration into the community as partners, 
um, having young people be seen as professionals in their own right, that is community change. And so sometimes that doesn't um, create a checkbox in terms of the ABCs, but it's so longstanding because people are visual right they like to see things it makes it tangible it makes it real and right so, like we we talk about like again using social media right there's yeah. there's an aspect that's engagement it does engagement right? yes so that's an aspect of like the kids get to uh, be out in the community the community sees them and there's something that grows that is more than just one and one equaling two there right there's it's definitely more than one and one uh equaling two for example um a year or so ago we had one of our uh, media teams go out and cover the uh, greater, the Miami-Dade Chamber of Commerce gala. Hmm. And young people got to interview the mayor and business owners and award winners. And that was a transformative experience for them and for the people that they interviewed. Right? Because right. they're like, okay, People I'm are so paying impressed. Attention. Absolutely. Yes. My community is paying attention. My community is paying attention. And that was so great. Just like the kids that are working on the NBC project, uh, we were able to take a couple of them to, 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 to uh, New York. Mm. And they got to go into NBC studios and be around other professionals in the industry. How empowering is that? Because, yeah, we're showing them that, yeah, you belong here. You have the skills to be here. Your voice makes a difference here in this space. And those things change community. Right. And so, yeah. I, w- I was thinking about that kind of the, the the beginning, the genesis of your organization where it was post-riot, right? Post-protest slash then later riots in, in Miami through the, you know, uh, Overtown and mm-hmm. Liberty City in the 80s. Yep. And... I think about the groups of that you have kids that are telling stories from within their community versus sometimes th- those stories or those rights were told by people coming from outside the community and trying to understand it from the outside and, and maybe not getting it right or often getting it wrong. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, how important it is to have people from your community tell those stories? That's the power of media. You're mm-hmm. telling your own story. And because right. the way technology is today, um, it's so much more accessible. Right, their voices can be elevated and amplified in so many more ways than previously possible. And that was the impetus for starting the film festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first started, I was like, you know, we have s- these young people are creating such fantastic stories. Uh, how can we get them to a broader audience? Oh, let's start a film festival, <laughs> you know. Okay, had I ever run a film festival before? No. Um, but, you know, hey, that hasn't stopped me. I asked young people to do stuff they've never done before, too. So why do I think I am not in that same boat? And uh, so we started the festival eight years ago just as a very small opportunity to create an audience for our students' films. And over the years... We expanded the amount of films that we took from outside of um, our kids to Miami and then now internationally. And we wanted to make sure that the kids were not siloed, right? Right. And to show them that there is young people all over the world telling their stories and highlighting what's important to them, the issues that they care about, and how we can use arts to promote social change. 
Well, I think about um, Barry Jenkins and uh, Tara McCraney, uh, who are kids from the neighborhood who wrote Moonlight, and that that was about uh, that was about six years ago, six or seven years ago, and it created it was such a different image of Miami for the outside world, right? But it was the only example, and now I feel like that helps catapult, uh, encourage other kids in that same community to tell their own stories, right? Yeah, absolutely, and even. More so than that is you're having ongoing opportunities to do so. Right. You know, oftentimes, you know, folks don't understand the development that happens over time, year after year after year. Like, no, young people just don't show up to Urgent Inc. and are able to create, you know, films and and whatnot. A lot of them are starting from ground zero, never held a camera before. They don't even know, you know, what the camera's about, the the angles, you know, all of this, the technical piece, but also not only the technical piece, but it's also giving them the confidence to share what's on their mind. The permission. Yeah. Right? right? Like, this is your space to create. Mm. Throw something against the wall and see how it goes. They're able to experiment and take risk in a safe place telling stories like, are people going to care about this? Well, it doesn't matter. Just create it, right? Just try it out, and let's, let's see where it goes. And they start to tell their own community stories. In other words, you don't raise these kids and they go off and then they, they're on some writing staff somewhere else telling somebody else's stories. They are grabbing, they have learned to use their own equipment and are telling the stories in their own communities. Yeah, and they are able to to highlight culture, community, um, issues, uh, places in the community. You know, if you look back at some of Urgent Inc.'s films over the last several years, we have been able to capture the change in the community, things that don't exist anymore in the community, but we have it on film, right? Things that are there now, we're getting that on film. So. Through the films and their walks in the community, their cameras in the community, we've been able to help document Mm. the change that is happening, which is also really exciting because we didn't think about that when we first started. But that's actually what's been happening. Your whole goal was to use these skills to help kids change their neighborhood. Tell me about some of the changes that you've seen. Well, you know, in our in our space, we are at Tenth uh, and First in in Overtown, and that section has really seen a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, right by the Lyric Theater. So. Right by the Lyric Theater. You know, we even have a Red Rooster now. You know, we have several apartment buildings. Um, we have a Publix. We have so many things that are coming online uh, in the community, and we want to make sure that the young people are going to be included in being able to to work for the businesses that are coming. Um, maybe they'll be their social media specialist. Maybe they'll help them create commercials, you know, help them document what's happening in their businesses. And the impetus for the FACE program, which is the film program, mm-hmm. really spurned out of the whole goal of highlighting what was once 
really a hot space in Miami back in the day, right? It was known as the Harlem of the South Mm -hmm. over town. And so now that the community is reigniting its business and entertainment and arts districts with the Lyric Theater being one of the anchoring businesses there, Mm -hmm. that's the goal, right? We want young people to be able to work at the Lyric Theater, cover their events, Um, So those things are slowly happening as we're building the film program. Um, Folks are saying, yeah, these young kids know what they're doing. So um, that's such a conversation in Miami, especially in areas that 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 developers are dying to gentrify. Right. Is is moving people from the outside in rather than the people inside having the opportunities to build their own skills and and develop their own places rather than getting pushed out. Yeah. So, you know, the thing about gentrification is, of course, larger than Urgent Inc. and the footprint that the impact that we have because we're fighting against economic forces that we don't have any control over. Right. Right. And so what I think our contribution to the community is, is helping young people feel more prepared to engage Mm. Right. Whether that be going straight to career apprenticeship. Right. Or uh, accessing college, like going to Miami-Dade and the film program. Um, We've even had a couple of young people who have gone out of state now or uh, further north in Florida to explore film. Uh, but those folks, we want to make sure that they hopefully, hopefully they can come back and and capture and contribute. I told them that I said, if any of y'all make it big, you goes you you know we'll be looking for your support at Urgent Inc. That's, that's where you got your start. So we got we got you on video. <laughs> that's the next phase, right? Is once you've once you've created this talent pool, the the, the you know is encouraging them to encourage that next generation, right? Coming up on 30 years, you guys have been doing it for 29 years. That's kind of where you're at now is the generational Yes, and so the thing though, uh, what's unique about Urgent Inc. is our mission hasn't stayed the same, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've been responsive. And so the film program started as just a a summer Mm -hmm. exploratory program just for a summer job, right? We were doing summer jobs and we said we're gonna use film, arts, culture as the tool. Right. And then we were able to garner more resources to move it to a year round experience. And so for the last 10 years, we've been building it out. And then for the last five years is where the program has really um, grown in terms of the level of expertise and pipeline that's available, because before it was more exploratory. Right. Right. And now we have a pipeline that is career connected uh, to a greater extent. So the pipeline extends further. Their skills can develop further because young people were like, well, what do we do if we're still interested and you don't do, and you don't do this? And I'm like, oh my goodness, how are we going to get some money to do more of this? And so that's been what we've been working on for the last five years. So that's right, interesting. You, yeah. you kind of cast a wide net and then all of a sudden this one area catches fire, right? It catches yeah. a lot of attention. And yeah. that, that seems like in these 30 years you guys have had that's part of the challenge right is is uh, continuing to adjust where where the community is going right what that where the where the challenges are right yeah we have to be responsive to the interest of the kids but we also have to see what's happening in the landscape mm-hmm. and as a community based organization i think one of the things that excites me about 
being in the community for so long is even though some of our methods and approaches have changed, the core is development, right? So that means that young people, regardless of what type of exposure they got from us, they had a sense of confidence, of skill, and belief in themselves to do them once they graduated, right? right? right. And so when we see young people, um, they see us in public, or so they see us, you know, at the drive-through, or they'll see us, you know, at the mall, they'll be like, hey, Miss Nelson. Um, and they tell us a story. Right. You know, that's, I just ran into one of our alumni at Publix the other day, and it was such a warm uh, story that she told me, because sometimes you don't get them, you don't hear. Right. You know, when they come become adults. I, I think about a conversation we had recently um, with uh, Marshall Davis Sr., who is the, uh, the director of the African Heritage Cultural Arts Center uh, in Liberty City, and he just talked about how just exposing kids to the arts, right? Like, yes, you want to give you can give them technical skills. That's important because you need foundationally if you want to continue a career there. But just how the exposure to the arts opens up something in kids' minds. It does. Can you talk to me about that a little bit, about kind of what you've seen over years that gives you a, kind of the passion for the next 30 years of, of Urgenic? Uh, well, you know, I had an opportunity to work closely with our first group of apprentices about a year and a half ago, and we worked closely. I was doing my, actually, doctoral work at the University of Miami, and I made my research project, our apprenticeship. And so I was able to work with um, about 10 of our apprentices to learn from them, why is this experience important to you, hmm. right? And they told me several things that was shocking to me um, because sometimes we think we're doing one thing, but we're actually doing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, they shared with me it was the push of pushing them past what they thought they could do, right? Trusting them that they could do it and then the accountability piece, making sure that we had high expectations, the belief that they could do it, and setting deadlines, right? And then the exposure of what they were able to create to a broader audience. And those things were so meaningful to them. And the other thing that we fail to recognize a lot of time in education is using a young person's interest Mm -hmm. to build, right? And then how do you sustain that interest? Because even, you know, you may be interested in something one day, you have a particular experience, you may not be interested anymore. But what helps you have a sustained interest where you want to grow? What is that key? The key is having young people feel that they matter in the space. Mm that their contribute, their, what they're con- there to contribute matters. So if they don't show up, you know, if you're the director of photography and you decide you're not showing up to film. Uh, the whole we have project a, falls apart. Exactly. So how we create experiences where young people feel belonging, where they matter, where, contribute, where their contributions make a difference, really is um, so important 
to what uh, we want to create in terms of the cultural experience of Urgent Inc. And young people will say, yep, they will definitely throw you in the fire. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yes, you can do it. You can. Go ahead. Get it done. (laughs) Well, on July 20th and 21st, we'll be able to see the results of some of those efforts of sticking to it at the the annual film festival. Celia Nelson, thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you. Our guest today was Celia Nelson. She's the CEO of Urgent Inc., a nonprofit that teaches children about the ways art and technology can empower them to improve their communities. Uh, They will be having their eighth annual Youth Film Festival next week. And that's Sundown for Wednesday, July 12th. Leslie Ovalle Atkinson is our lead producer. Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Helen Acevedo helped produce the show. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News. And Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. Peter J. Meritz is WLRN's VP of Radio and Sundial's engineer. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo at gopalo.com. You can download a podcast of this program. Just search for WLRN Sundial on your podcast app. Coming up tomorrow on the program, a former poet laureate comes to Miami. Juan Felipe Herrera was the U.S. Poet Laureate from 2015 to 2017. I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only.